A white man? No! And welcome to the Ends of Is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we're back with another Criminal Minds recap. It's the one I remembered. Yep. Uh, it is. There's so many that fit this vague description, but yeah. this is a good one. Uh, we are talking about Amplification, which originally aired May 13th, 2009. Do you feel like the title fits the episode? Not really. No, me either. It's not a good title. No. Well, they, they hardly ever are, but... Yeah. It's a misleading title, I feel. Cuz you're like, "Oh, I think it's this one." And then but I don't know because of the name. Yeah. But But yeah. Uh I, so I don't know. this episode opens in a park in Annapolis, Maryland. Yeah. Um there's a man with like jeans and a khaki jacket and you know he's the bad guy cuz you don't see his face. It's yeah. just like the neck down <laughs> shot. Yeah, it's very ominous legs yeah. walking through and the park. Like, kids playing on the playground mm-hmm. and there's a group of guys playing football and yeah. there's two girls that look like the double mint twins <laughs> riding old timey bicycles. Yeah. It's a real cross section of white middle-class life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, like opens a vial with mm-hmm. gloved hands and mm-hmm. lets the powder loose into the park. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then later we get a <laughs> montage of the people we saw at the park earlier in their homes, there's like a mom and her little boy and they're not feeling well and they're coughing mm-hmm. and have fevers. The mom starts coughing up blood. Another man walks into the bathroom and there's just like a massive sore on his face yeah. already. And I was like, man, how quickly right? That's those what... sores form? <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, I know it. Well, okay, we're assuming you, it's white powder, right? We all know it's anthrax. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, anthrax is really bad, but it does this, that, quickly like it gets this bad that quickly it just seems like a sore would take longer to develop to yeah develop. I don't know what I don't know I don't know <laughs> and I mean it just it really bothered me because his whole dispersal system is the wind <laughs> and so it's a very sophisticated <laughs> system <laughs> he before he opens the vial he like takes out a chunk of grass and like holds it up yeah. right to see I'm which surprised. way the wind is blowing I'm surprised he didn't like lick his finger right and, <laughs> and so we're supposed to believe that he just releases anthrax into the open air having just checked the, which direction the wind is blowing and everyone gets sick immediately but he's fine well, the wind was blowing away from us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, yeah. the more and more this episode went on, I was like, from the opening moment, this doesn't make any sense. No. And I know there it is. It would have to be so windy for that to go that far. far yes. Too. Yeah. And not just dissipate in the air completely. Yeah. Um, I know that there's medicine you can take. Okay. I know yeah. that. I'm going to say that right at the beginning. I'm aware. Yeah. I don't care he might as well have blown it directly in his own face. Like it's <laughs> it so seems... dumb. It seems ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole hospital begins to fill up with all of these sick coughing people mm-hmm. who are in really bad shape and covered yes. in open sores and everything. Um, so the team arrives at the office um, and it's just full of army guys. <laughs> They're <laughs> fatigued. And uh, a doctor from the CDC, Dr. Kimura, 
Um, we learned that 25 people from the park ended up getting sick with a cough and black lesions Mm -hmm. and 12 of them are already dead. Yeah. Um, Morgan's like, oh, so it's anthrax. And Reed's like, no, no, no. Anthrax doesn't kill this quickly. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's like, this one does. (gasps) Oh no. Um, Again, so this is a strain of anthrax so bad you die almost immediately, but he can just blow it into the wind. Mm Mm-hmm. And None of it blew back. Immune. <laughs> Not even one single <laughs> speck of anthrax. Makes me furious. Yeah. Um, he. She also says that they have no idea how to treat it once it's in the lungs. She said, I, I don't know. But isn't it, <laughs> don't you always breathe in anthrax? I guess. I think so. So wouldn't it always, be, it in always be in the lungs? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Hotch says that their best bet is to build a profile, which I love because that's always, that's always what they do answer yeah. every time. Uh-huh. Like it's always like the only thing we can do now is build a profile. <laughs> and you're like in every situation, the sure. best thing we can do is our exact job. Yes. Um, but yeah, they also decide to do a media blackout so that no one knows about the attack. And JJ is upset about this from the get go. Yes, because it's bullshit. And also I do not care. I do not care at all. If the FBI and the army has decided not to leak information, mm-hmm. 25 people in this community got suddenly violently ill. Mm-hmm. 12 of them are dead. Mm-hmm. People would be talking. Right. <laughs> like, there's right. no way that people wouldn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's absolute nonsense. To I know. Think Even that a, not a community of it. that size. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like their yeah. families would be talking to neighbors mm-hmm. and they'd be like talking to, you know, probably the media. Like, yeah. But they make a com. <laughs> this is getting out of order, but doesn't give anything away. They, they make a comment later on one of the doctors, like, well, we're going to have to start informing the families. Like, but the people have been dead for how long already? So you're saying you haven't told the families they're dead yet or haven't told them why they died. But still, if that many people are dying, very suddenly, yeah. word would start getting around. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, can you inform someone and be like, sorry, they're dead, and not tell them why? Yeah, what happened? They died. Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any it sense. It does not. Um, but yeah, so then uh, they just hand everybody some Cipro, and they're like, well, out into the field. Good luck to you all. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> Uh, so then we get our first quote. It will become fine dust all over the land, over all of the land of Egypt, which will become boils breaking out with sores on man and beast through all the land of Egypt. I'll, that was the confusing bite. me because it <laughs> says it twice. Exodus. Whoever wrote that was not succinct. <laughs> God, Emily, God wrote that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he was a bit wordy. Mm-hmm. Um, so JJ reminds us of the 2001 anthrax attacks, which I had completely forgotten existed. It was a huge thing. <laughs> it was a huge thing. Yeah. Big like, deal. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, Reed says that 22 people were affected, including five people who died from exposure to anthrax tainted male. One of the people affected was a seven month old baby who had come in contact with it like second hand yeah um so jj JJ is super upset about this i mean me too has a baby at home Uh and i think she should be allowed to go home yeah i don't think she should have to be no i could not imagine having to do jj's job after having a baby like i had a baby 
and I can barely yeah. do my job and I'm a teacher. <laughs> but like, <laughs> just, I can't imagine the, doing like, that. Like yeah, seeing just, the things she sees. And not even just that, but the idea of like possibly exposing your child to anthrax. Uh-huh. That is terrifying. Yeah. Like, right. We're kid, worried about COVID. Your kid doesn't have to be like firsthand affected by the things you see at work mm-hmm. but like that is a step beyond yeah like, that is terrifying mm-hmm. I, I if I was JJ it would be like no I'm not doing this yeah <laughs> sorry you can fire me I can get a better job where I don't have to <laughs> do any of this <laughs> um so yeah some they say that some general is in the office from Fort Detrick mm-hmm. which is some like research thing I yeah, guess I don't, I don't know. know I didn't look into it um Still not really clear on what the army is doing here. No. It's, I guess, I, I hope It's knows. because of whatever research they're doing, I guess, at Fort Dietrich. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so Hotch and Rossi send Garcia to collect names of the people with access to anthrax spores, like researchers or vaccine developers. Um, and the general, who they're all afraid of, comes in, and it's the dead from the wonder years. Yes. You know, I'm immediately like you are not intimidating. <laughs> no, I know. That's all I can see when I see him. And I was like, you know what? He is not aged a day. He, he looks, looks exactly, exactly, exactly the, same. the same. There is not even one more wrinkle on this man's face. So much so that it made me question whether it was actually him. Like I had to look it up. Like he's, he's ageless. He's like Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. He looks exactly the same as he did when he was the dad on the wonder years. Yeah. Uncanny. Uh, but yeah, he says that his labs don't use this particular strain of anthrax, but Hotch still wants to look into it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like he's, he's a gen, is he a scientist general? Do they have, <laughs> <laughs> do they have the, I'm very confused about the hierarchy of Fort Detrick. Yeah. I'm bad at military stuff to begin with. So scientist general seems fine to me. I don't and know. Our, uh, military correspondent <laughs> is out of town. So I couldn't grill him with all of our stupid questions about how the army works. But I mean, Dan Loria was born in 1947, Emily. What? Right? He's not aged a day since 1989. <laughs> now I wonder who he looks like now. Probably right? Exactly Probably exactly the same. the same. I just can't stop looking up about That's him the real now. That's here. Right? I see Paul Red's dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's also in a really great Hallmark Christmas movie, but I'll talk about that on my other <laughs> That's podcast. That's here nor there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Reed goes to the hospital to do a cognitive interview uh, with Abby, uh-huh. uh, one of the anthrax victims from the park. She remembers some guys playing football and kids on the playground and then just starts babbling nonsense. And the doctor says that um, her aphasia could mean that death is imminent because that's what happened with several other people. Mm. It's like, oh, God. Aphasia is <laughs> super scary, too. Yeah, because she like you can see that she's like panicking because like... She, she is not able to say the words that she means mm-hmm. to say. You just feel so bad for her. And they just walk right out of that room. Yeah. Don't like, say well, a word anyway. to her. They're like, don't worry, just rest. And she has this just panic-stricken face. Yeah. They're like, see you around, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Take a cool. nap. <laughs> I can only hope that they like sedated her shortly after. Right? Like, just, just rest. Like, I can't rest now. I can tell that something yeah. is horribly wrong with me. So yeah, Prentice and Morgan uh, head to the park and they talk to a uh, hazmat guy who's like, nope, everything's fine here. You don't need a mask or anything. Mm-hmm. I would be like, no. I'll wear one anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, 
So Morgan decides that since Ted Kaczynski sent bombs to schools he used to teach at, Mm -hmm. um, and also the Amerithrax, was that a word they used in 2001? I guess so. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that either. I don't remember it having a quippy name. Yeah. Uh, sent letters to the senators that he didn't like. Um, one of those anecdotes seems relevant, and the other one does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decide that the park must be important to him or symbolic in some way to the Sun Sub. Yeah, that was the code name. We weren't in on the code probably because we weren't part of the team. Uh, but that's, you know, that's their in name for the, the FBI and its partners code named it America. Okay. I was going to say, I, I do not remember ever hearing that. But again, I had forgotten about them yeah. completely. <laughs> My uh, priorities were elsewhere in 2001. Yeah, exactly. It was like, I'm never going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Reed talks to Dr. Kimura. And comes to the conclusion that the unsub must have tested this really sophisticated dispersal process prior to this attack because there's no way it could have been so spot on had <laughs> on the first not try. tested it yeah. before. Uh, she points out that they would have known about another attack, but Reed posits that it could have presented as something else mm-hmm. and they just didn't know it was anthrax. Which then, wouldn't that technically spread the anthrax? If you didn't know about it? Yeah. You would think. Like if people treated them at a hospital. Yeah. Well, you can't catch it from somebody, right? You have to inhale the spores. But wouldn't you like have the spores on your clothes and stuff? Oh, probably. Yeah. Which would so be like, how that baby got sick. Right. I don't, I don't know. Just pointing out holes. I don't know. <laughs> Possible holes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't understand enough about medicine. <laughs> All this podcast does is point out how little I know about the outside world. <laughs> about everything. I have a very narrow understanding of life. <laughs> um, so... JJ is very understandably freaking out about her own kid's potential exposure. Yeah, she looks um, unwell. At their local park, she's like, hey, they go for walks at the park by our house every single day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what kind of mother am I if I don't take any steps to protect him? Mm-hmm. And Hotch. <laughs> like, look, JJ, you're barking up the wrong tree if you want Hotch <laughs> to make you feel Hotch. better. Yeah, tells her that that's not fair to use information that they can't give to others. And she might just have to let her kid die in the name of fairness. Yep. <laughs> you're like, Jesus Christ, you are a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the, the bombing episode when he's like, boy, I wish I could call my wife to tell her not to go to the mall. And everyone's like, please do. They're like, you should do that, mm-hmm. Hotch. We're all human people with mm-hmm. emotions. And yeah. We, you should do that. And he's like... No. <laughs> and it's not like JJ has to call Will and be like, hey, there's anthrax going around the community. Keep the baby at home. She can just be like, stay home today, okay? And yeah. Will wouldn't question it. He knows what her, her job is. He'd be like, okay. Yeah, just like if Hotch called Haley and was like, I need you to not take Jack to the mall today. Yeah. She wouldn't have asked questions. She would have just done it. Yeah, right? Like, But no. Yeah. Anyway. So Reed has found a couple of cases of people slipping into comas and dying. Mm -hmm. Like they thought it was meningitis or whatever, but it was like super sudden. And then they find out that they had all visited this bookstore Mm -hmm. right beforehand. Yeah. Um, The bookstore has been closed since right after the attacks because the owner died. Um, So they send in the biohazard team or whatever. And the bookstore itself I don't know what they're testing. The air, something? No, it wouldn't be in the air. They were check. They, they were, were like swabbing. They stuff. were like swabbing like the air filtration, so like the HVAC system, maybe. Oh yeah. 
So uh, it tests uh, positive for very high levels of mm-hmm. anthrax. Yep. Um, and then Morgan and Prentice. Uh, very indiscreetly in the middle of this crowded street, discuss the fact that there's only one thin pane of glass separating all of these unsuspecting sacks from imminent (laughs) infection and death. They're just having that conversation right out in the open. Um, So Reed mentions that the boil plague from ancient Egypt was thought to be anthrax, Mm -hmm. which I thought boils were not... The same as sores? Not the same as sores. Right? I didn't want to Google it because I didn't want to see any pictures. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But Hotch and Rossi marvel that the media is having a hard time containing this story. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit. Like, 13 people, because somebody else died yeah. after they did the initial 12. Now, 13 mm-hmm. people from this community are all dead yep. suddenly out of nowhere. Yep. A bunch of other people are sick. So that probably would have tipped people off, even if your agents weren't loudly discussing the matter in public. <laughs> <laughs> like, no kidding, they're having a hard time containing this. Yeah, it, you know what I thought was interesting? Because while well, Prentice is having a really hard time with this too, like, yeah, we're not telling these people we should be telling these people. I can't believe we're not telling these people we should be telling these people. And it is all the women on the team this time that are really struggling with the rules. Yeah. Just, I just find that, I found that, I, I don't know, yeah. just interesting. Yeah, the men are all just like, there are rules and rules are rules. Yes. <laughs> Let them die. Yes. Um, so, yeah, then we get our profile. Mm-hmm. Brace yourself. <laughs> it's um, a lot of profile. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of profile. Um, and they give this profile to all the other agencies that are there like in their own bullpen. yeah the cdc and yeah. the army guys and everything the uh, science these army scientists yes the, the, the general, science army general scientists <laughs> science army. <laughs> that's another branch they don't talk about it a lot but <laughs> it's very important <laughs> because the locations hit are not symbolically significant we believe that these attacks are personal understanding the significance of these locations will be the key to identifying him this personal element strongly suggests a homegrown terrorist. Like the Amerithrax case, we believe this is someone from the science or defense community. That's why you're here. We think you may know him. He may be one of us. Then they use a lot of big vocabulary words in this one. Like they're trying to sound impressive. Yeah. These homegrown terapi- therapists. Oh my God. <laughs> Terrapins? Like <laughs> turtles? <laughs> I told you they used fancy words, Emily. <laughs> a homegrown terrapin. <laughs> These homegrown terrorists are myopic zealots, ideologues that believe that their work is of greatest importance. Somebody had a thesaurus. Right? (laughs) It gets better. He may have preached about the threat of an attack on America. His co-workers would would describe him as histrionic, paranoid, secretive. And then, my favorite part of the whole profile, one of the guys is like, with all due respect, that's a little vague. (laughs) And then the dad from the Wonder Years is like, what are we supposed to do with something like this? It's so generic. And I was like, this is all they're going to give you guys. Like what you've described is all terrorists. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But then Hodge says, sir, we're not finished yet. I was like, oh no. And then I have another full page of description (laughs) because they had something to prove. But the profile is nowhere near (laughs) that. He may have logged ac- excess hours at work in the pa- past week preparing for the attack. Man, I cannot talk, apparently. <laughs> 
We believe he's taken the full dosage of anthrax vaccines over the recommended 18-month schedule and had yearly boosters. This guy has his own workspace where he makes his product in privacy. He also has access to large, expensive, industrial-grade equipment at work. He's written about the threats of anthrax attacks, published papers, yet he feels no one is listening, and that angers him. Now, he may have recently experienced some sort of professional humiliation, like being demoted or fired, and that would have been his trigger the moment he decided to go rogue. He may have betrayed his loved ones to his cause. He may be recently separated or divorced. This is somebody who knows every detail of the 2001 anthrax attacks and has talked about what that suspect did right or wrong. He's watched the news very closely to see how the country reacts. Please share this with your departments. Thank you. Like, all you've added is that de- demote, possibly demoted, possibly divorced, and all of that stuff. Which is... Enough to trigger somebody. Also, something they say about everyone. Right. <laughs> like, but somebody's so there like... there must have been some kind I got of a one. stressor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, somebody is like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that guy is Dr. Lawrence Nichols. Yes. Um, who was a researcher who used to work at Fort Detrick, but was, uh, and was like warning about imminent biological warfare attacks and had this whole plan that they needed to do to protect them, which all seemed reasonable. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really thought. I'm I'm team Dr. Nichols on this one. Like, and they show like the, I don't know if he's supposed to be like testifying before a committee or something. I don't know. It's, it's like a very convenient video that would never actually exist. No, because it's exactly him being like, it's basically like if he had a manifesto, he's read it aloud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he just wants a measly 50 billion to prepare our country. Yeah, and the, and the military's like, we don't have that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he um, was removed from their staff for being crazy, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and now works for a research company that works primarily with the influenza virus. Uh, it's like a government contractor. Uh, so Morgan and Reed go to his house while Prentice and Rossi go to check out the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Uh, Apprentice calls Morgan to say that the lab is clean. Um, and then meanwhile, Reed goes rogue <laughs> and just goes wandering, wandering into around the house or hey, like a like outbuilding behind the house. Dr. Nichols has a really nice house. Did you see it's like it a second a, floor solarium? It was a lovely house. Yeah. There's like a portico. <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Dr. Nichols is living the life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also important to note that Reed scratches his arm on like a rose bush or something. Oh yeah, while he's poking around the yard. Yes, I didn't write that down because at the time it did not seem relevant. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> but how it they get you. Relevant yep. later. Um, also, Reed should know better than to just go wandering around by his fucking self by now. Right? I'm how so many over it <laughs> corners does he have to back himself into? I know. Um, but yeah, he just wanders into the guy's home lab that he's got, um, mm-hmm. exposing himself to probably anthrax. There's mm-hmm. just a broken vial on the ground. Yeah. Um, at first I was like, am I supposed to believe Reed dropped that vial? But no, it was already broken yeah. in there. Uh, yeah. He just goes barreling like, in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, uh, Morgan starts to walk into the house and Reed runs over and slams the door and locks it to protect him from being exposed. Yeah. Um, but it's just so silly because it's like, come on, like nobody would... You're supposed to be the smart one. Right. You're just going to go. You know that this guy probably has a lab where he's working with like very dangerous viruses. Yeah. If you really think that, you are not just going to go barreling into Just opening doors and walking through them. Like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So the general and the rest of the team arrives and we learn that Dr. Nichols is dead and has been dead for several days, I guess. Mm -hmm. So couldn't be responsible for the attacks. Um, Reed wants to stay in the lab and keep working because he's already been exposed. Um, And so, I'm sorry, Reed is in there with the anthrax and the corpse, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure I was understanding. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. They really breeze I, past the corpse part. Yeah. He's like, I'd really like to stay in yeah. here. <laughs> yes. Like, why, though? Uh-huh. It's full of anthrax and a dead body. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, the best place for me is here. Yeah. And at first I was confused because I did. I thought maybe he died from the anthrax. Yeah. But he's been bludgeoned. Yeah. So they yeah. know that he's been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, Hotch agrees. Like, yeah, because Morgan's like, Hotch, will you please talk him down and tell him to get out here so he can get in the hospital and like get to the hospital and they can take care of him? And Hotch is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking Hotch. I hate him so much yep. in this episode. And um, I mean, at least he looks a little regretful, I guess, that he's letting Reed stay trapped in the... Nah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. know. It's like, no, we've got important work to do. Mm-hmm. Work is more important. We than need him in there else. poking through things. Yeah. Which they're like, no, we need to leave him in there. No, he can leave and go and you can send in one of the people that you're going to send in anyway with bio- biohazard suits but to they, continue doing They don't that have work. Reed's beautiful mind. That's true. The beautiful mind that had got him locked in an anthrax lab in mm-hmm. the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't remember this part happening so early in the episode. Like it's not even to the halfway point yet. Yeah, this episode is long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's well, not long, but it, it feels, feels long. <laughs> it has the feel of a much longer episode. <laughs> yes. uh, so JJ, meanwhile, is asking Garcia if she would break protocols to keep her family safe. And Garcia's like, yes, obviously. Yeah, what kind of a monster wouldn't do that? Yeah. Like, Aaron Hotchner, let yeah. me introduce <laughs> you. <laughs> um, so Reed discovers evidence that Nichols had a partner. Uh, mm-hmm. By evidence, I mean a separate desk full of files with separate handwriting. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a secret. Yeah. They're like, he could have had a partner. <laughs> um, so Hodge heads back to the office to look into this potential partner. And Rossi and Prentice try to talk to his boss at the lab, but he won't answer any of their questions because they won't give him any reason to whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. he's like, why are you asking? And they're like, no reason. And he's like, then I can't answer that. (laughs) Um, JJ tries to call Will, but gets the answering machine Mm. because he is an adult in 2009 who didn't have a cell phone. Apparently not. I Uh, guess uh, everyone had a cell phone by then. Right. Uh, Everyone. (laughs) Except my grandma. (laughs) Uh, Reed calls Garcia and asks her to record a message for his mother in case he's not able to talk to her again, which is really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And it's a very sweet message. Yeah. And he's like getting choked up while he's reading it and like, yeah. Um, so Dr. Kimura comes into the lab with a hazmat suit and offers Reed painkillers. Uh, he, uh, really strongly turns down any narcotics whatsoever. It's so forceful. She's like okay she's like do you need anything and he's like i don't want narcotics she's like okay (laughs) i meant like a juice box (laughs) um but yeah dr nichols uh has a framed photo of himself lecturing yes on his own desk (laughs) on his own desk which i assume like you do do. (laughs) 
I know I have one yeah. on my desk. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. My desk is so piled up with crap. Uh, you can't even see what's on it anymore. Um, but uh, Reed also finds a thesis paper and suspects that Dr. Nichols was mentoring a student. Because mm. they're like, oh, did he write this? And they're like, well, maybe not. Because there's all this red writing on the in the margins, like a teacher would do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you already know that there was another person yeah. in here. <laughs> this wasn't from the desk with his own framed picture on it, so it must have been someone else. Yes. Um, so Garcia finds a Chad Brown, who is a PhD candidate in public policy, mm-hmm. who was also a former employee at the bookstore. Yeah. Um, I get, I was so annoyed because Garcia has this horrible, like sing songy, sorry for you tone through this entire back and forth. And like, how do you think that's making Reed feel better? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, they decide that since um, Nichols was like a military researcher, you know, a, a science army, uh-huh. <laughs> a science army guy, he um, they suspect that he would have like hidden the cure mm. somewhere. Yeah. Like, OK, sure. Somewhere, <laughs> but, somewhere tricky. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor finds an inhaler and she is like do you think it's in here? Mm. Like, oh, that's actually really smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so finally, they're out of the lab, and uh, Reed is being decontaminated and hosed down by these guys in the decontamination suit. Uh-huh. And it's like the uh, Monsters Inc. when they're like yeah. twenty three nineteen with the shower curtain. Up. Um, so Morgan is like trying to be like moral support, and he's mm-hmm. like, "No, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to go with you all the way to the hospital." And Reed's like, "They're about to strip me naked. Do you want to see that?" And Morgan's like, "Goodbye." <laughs> You're right. I don't. Um, so the doctor realizes that Reed could have been infected through the cut he got on a bush while approaching the house. Mm -hmm. She's like, did you scratch yourself? And they're all like, (gasps) but then it's like, I thought you had to inhale the anthrax. Well, they don't worry. They never revisit the fact that he had the scratch again. So, um, so, uh, they're outside the house and a neighbor lady comes over and she's like, um, why are there a bunch of people <laughs> in hazmat suits mm-hmm. around? And uh, Prentice and Rossi are like, no reason. Everything's fine. Yeah. And she's like, my kids are in the house yeah. across the street. And I would like to know what's going on mm-hmm. reasonably. Yeah. Like, either you got to tell people what's going on or don't have people just traipsing around in hazmat suits. Because right? that is going to freak well, a lot of people out. Well, do you think that they would set up a perimeter? Like some kind of a lockdown in the neighborhood yeah. and tell the neighbors to stay in their houses. Right, yeah. Yeah. But they don't do that. But yeah, like Prentice is like, oh no, they just had some toxic mold mm-hmm. and they have to take care of it. Yeah. I would have been like, okay, me and my kids are leaving now. Yeah, I would still be out of there because that's not a convincing story Mm -hmm. and it's nonsense. Right. The FBI is there to investigate toxic mold. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. Um, but yeah, uh, in the house, Prentice finds a broken light bulb, which he believes that Chad is using to make like an anthrax bomb. (laughs) Okay. It's not. Okay. So, it's not so much a bomb as it is just a light bulb full of a light bulb full of powder, right? <laughs> so, like, how is that different than just throwing it, a handful of anthrax in the air or, or something? Like your vial. How is that any yeah. different? It's it's more work than opening the vial and throwing it into the wind. Uh huh. Because like smashing a light bulb full of powder isn't going to disperse the powder anymore. No. No. 
but it does have a little air of like a theatrical flourish, you know? Yeah. Like put it in a mason jar. (laughs) (laughs) I guess those are a little bit harder to break. Um, But Rossi finds a map of the DC metro system Uh in his house. And they're like, oh, he must be targeting Mm -hmm. the entire subway system. So because uh, Chad is such a devotee of all of Dr. Nichols' research and work, Mm -hmm. uh, the general thinks that Chad would be targeting the red line, which uh, Nichols had identified as the most vulnerable to an anthrax attack. Uh, but the team believes that he would target the station nearest Fort Detrick since it's a place that uh, has rejected him mm. because, was, oh, he didn't like the bookstore owner. He didn't get a promotion yeah. as a bookstore employee. And I'm like, how many promotions? There's a lot of room what is for the advancement. Hier- <laughs> what is the hierarchy system for a small local There's three of bookstore? them and he was on the bottom. So he <laughs> wanted to be... Number, like, the number two the man. the owner, and then there's going to be a couple of guys yeah. who work for him. I don't... I don't know. It's not like you're going to get promoted to, like, general manager of a Barnes & Noble. Right. Like, this and was a very small local <gasps> bookstore. And the park was a place where he had, like, proposed to a girlfriend, and she said no. So he had to kill every child. So <laughs> he had to kill a bunch of children. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go down in the subway system, and... Um, Chad just has a whole bag. It's a lot of light bulbs. A bag full of light bulbs filled with anthrax. It's just like a crossbody bag full of light bulbs full of anthrax. What what is your plan there? I mean, there's dozens. Yeah, it's and they're not a little bit of anthrax in each one. They're they're like very packed with anthrax. How what is happening? And light bulbs aren't airtight, right? Not if you've opened them. Right? You can't just like screw the top back on a light bulb and be like vacuum sealed. Perfect. No anthrax is accidentally Maybe getting out of here. Them. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> he also put some scotch tape around the outside. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it's silly. It's yeah, very it's silly. very yeah. silly. Um, but yeah, he uh, they find him down in the subway and Hotch corners Chad and pulls a gun on him. Mm-hmm. He's like, Turn yourself in. You know, if you were Chad, would you like just because Chad like tries to get away, like he tries to run. Yeah, he's like, Wouldn't I'll you kill just everyone. Start just start throwing just your anthrax throwing light bulbs. Anthrax. Yeah, you know, you're gonna die at right? this point. Just yeah. Um, but then the general steps in and he's like, No, this man is an asset to the country, and mm. we need him at Fort Dietrich. And Chad is like, Oh my god, me really? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Thank yeah. you for noticing. Yes. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll go with you. Sounds good. Here, take my bag of anthrax. <laughs> and he like hands it over and they put it in another plastic bag yes. and they're like, Air it's tight. a biohazard bag. <laughs> it so does. It says biohazard. They tie a it. knot. <laughs> what more do you want? So everything's fine and we're all safe. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, then uh, Chad is like, yeah, absolutely. I'll totally go with you. And then Morgan runs up behind him and just cuffs him. Um, and then we learn it was all a plot created by Hotch. So they yeah. could arrest him. I, for a second, I was like, Hotch isn't this good of an actor. Does he know? Like, I fully believe the general was doing some you reverse what? psychology. And that's what I was thinking. I would have preferred it if the general would have come up with that on his own mm-hmm. and been like, you guys are right about this psychology stuff. Mm-hmm. That would have been a better story. Yeah. Instead of just being like, 
thank you, Hotch, for mm-hmm. coming up with everything. Well, he it's says like, this man is a general in the army. He's got to be a pretty competent, intelligent right? person. Yeah, like. Well, but they're like making him sound like a total dummy. <laughs> and then he says, he turns to Hotch and says, "How do I do?" And Hotch says, "You are effective." Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh, good job, buddy. <laughs> nice work. Um, but yeah, I just I thought, that yeah, that was it. Was it would have been strange. a better story. It would have been better if it was the general. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Emily is lamenting to Rossi about having to lie in order to do her job effectively, and she really doesn't like doing that. And he's like, "Well, that's what we have to do." The end. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, JJ calls Will to check in on Henry. And um, she's pulling a hotch. Like, you're keeping our tiny baby awake really late, right? So I can see So I can feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Hotch is doing the same thing and calls Jack. And he's like, what are you doing up so late? Yeah. You woke him up. Talking to you, Hotch. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's doing up so late. Um, But yeah, then uh, Reed wakes up. And Morgan's just sitting there by his bedside eating his jello. <laughs> and it turns out the cure was in the inhaler. And they make it sound like Reed is the one like that saved himself and the other people. And you're like, no, that was Dr. Kimura mm-hmm. who found that. She was the one who saved everybody. Yeah, but, but no. Sure, we'll give Reed credit for that one. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because we'll never see Dr. Kimura again. It's true. <laughs> uh, but then we get our... Ex- other quote, uh, security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole, exper- as a whole experience it. Helen Keller. Mm. Uh, and then we see that the anthrax strains, are, uh, they're locking them in a vault in Fort Detrick. Mm-hmm. It's and a very then, dystopian image. Yeah, it's like in this like metal vault, and then it just keeps panning out, and there's more and more stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> <laughs> where, like, the, where the Ark is like in the warehouse, yeah. full of boxes. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that. Uh, but yeah, that's, that mm-hmm. is amplification. Sure <laughs> is. Um, so how would you rate this profile as far as accuracy, helpfulness, and plausibility on a scale of one to ten, I mean, it was mostly just a very generic description of a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did throw in a couple specifics, like you know, he would have studied this. He would have been really like a zealot about this particular Ameritrax yeah. incident. It everything. did help somebody it identify leads them straight to Doctor Nichols. Mm-hmm. So actually, this one's pretty high. Yeah. It was a very vague profile yeah. for the most part, but maybe like actually, a seven or an eight, like because yeah. there was no police work in identifying Doctor Nichols. It was leading them to Doctor Nichols, and then they used police work to find Chad. Yeah, but without that pro- profile, that guy. Yeah. Like, although it seems like you wouldn't have had to tell people all of that information for somebody to be like, hey, remember that Nichols guy that used to work for us? This seems like something he would do. No, people don't think of these things unless the BAU is there to help them. That's true. Um, But yeah, actually, it was a pretty good profile. For statistics, should I do statistics next? Sure. Um, For season four, we are 18 to 7 with uh, 72% white men. Overall, 82 to 17, still around that 
white men. Nice. Uh, so we had Hotchet an eight and a half. Um, I I'm inclined to take a point away. Dock a point, absolutely. Yeah, like the thing that makes me so mad about the conversation he had with JJ. I get it. He's like a very black and white rule follower, and protocols are protocols, and they have to be followed and everything. Mm-hmm. But like he doesn't even make any attempt to relate to her as a fellow parent and yeah. say like. I, I understand where you are coming from. This was mm-hmm. this is so hard for me. Like I want to do the same thing. Nope. I've been in other situations where I have had to like hold back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any of it. He's just like rules are rules. JJ, your kid might die. Yeah, JJ <laughs> just like wipes away her tears and goes on with her day. Yeah, like, it's damn just it, such, Hotch. Yeah. And what everyone's like all worried about Reed and stuff. And he's like, listen, everyone needs to stop talking about Reed. The, he's with the people who can take care of him. We can't do anything for Reed now. Like. You're like, well, you can still be worried about someone even if they're receiving the best possible Right, and if you're a team leader, how is that helping anyone to do their jobs better? Yeah. When you know that they're worried about someone else. So like, uh, yeah, seven and a half. (laughs) Not his most human episode. No, I was not happy. Um, Finally, finally, we are embarking on the end of our season four journey because we are starting to hell which is the so penultimate excited. episode. <laughs> it's so a two-parter, excited. but it's not. It's a two-parter that's not a season dangler. Yeah, that's it's true. We have two part a two-part episode coming up, but it's going to be resolved for the end of season four. Yes. So yeah, we're about to embark on a wild ride. Yes. Across the border <laughs> and beyond, heading to Canada. Eh? So <laughs> much to talk about next time. I'm excited about that. Yes. Well. Wherever you're listening, be sure to leave a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at the unsub is a white man. You can find our merch on Redbubble. If you get any, make sure you tag us. We'll share you to our stories. Our theme music is composed and performed by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next week, we'll be avoiding parks and bookstores, which incidentally are our two favorite places. (laughs) 